Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of SFF Yeah! is sponsored in part by Book Riot Insiders. Bag your bookish perks with a 14-day free trial of Book Riot Insiders. You can sign up for a monthly or yearly novel subscription, and the first 14 days are free. You can wishlist upcoming releases you're dying to read, get exclusive podcasts and newsletters, and enter to win swag. And the new release index is curated by all the books host Liberty Hardy, so she will help you keep track of the most exciting upcoming books. Come on in. Your bag of bookish perks is waiting. Go to bookriot.com insiders to find out more. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 40, and we're recording on November 16th. I'm Sharifa Williams, and I'm here with Jen Northington, and we're, as usual, coming to you from Book Riot. And today we're going to be talking about SFF romances, if nothing else goes awry today. <laughs> I immediately before we were supposed to be recording, I, I I dropped a glass jar of liquid in my kitchen on my very hard tile floor and had to like shove the cats in the bedroom and then try to sweep up oh, all man. of the glass, which took a while. So yeah, we're a little behind schedule. It's very Friday it's very here. Friday. There's yeah, it's something is what it is. But you know, I'm excited that I uh that I get to talk to you about sci fi fantasy romance because I think this is this is new ground for you. So it is. And I'm, I definitely everybody out there, I totally had to call on Jen for help with this one. <laughs> Cause I had no idea. I had no idea. I am it is definitely not my forte. So I'm very grateful. Thank you so much for all of your help. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was truly my pleasure. <laughs> so Yeah, awesome. Well, before we start talking about SFF news, I'm going to tell you about our first sponsor, which is Enclave and Ravel Books. So this is new from bestselling author Thomas Locke. And here's what it's about. To save his enclaves in enclaves future, I always say that word wrong. To save his enclaves future, he'll have to risk his own. It's been 50 years since the Great Crash. What was once America is now a collection of enclaves governed on the local level and only loosely tied together by the farce of a federal government. Catawba, one of the largest and most affluent enclaves in the southern states, is relatively stable and maintains a successful business of trade with nearby enclaves. But when a new vein of gold is found beneath their feet, it's only a matter of time before trouble finds them. Sounds fascinating. And again, that was from Thomas Locke, best-selling author. And thank you so much to Revel Books for sponsoring today's show. I always want to say enclave, which I don't know if that's right either. Enclave. But I've heard- 
what did I say? Enclave? Well, I think that's that's probably right. I have no idea. <laughs> it's one of those words where you don't hear it said out loud very often. I'm so. like enclave, like Target. <laughs> enclave. It's like, um, you know, A Christmas Story, the movie? From oh, yeah. Chile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have to watch that again. Oh, Tis it's a classic. <laughs> Tis indeed the season. Um, okay, we... I guess I'll start us off with the sad news so we can get on to the happy news. Yeah. It's, just, it's like a weird news week, y'all. Um, as of the time of this recording, we just found out that William Goldman has died. And he was the author of The Princess Bride um, and also, you know, wrote the screenplay for the movie version. And he wrote the screenplays for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and All the President's Men and just like a really you know fixture in the literary and drama world um and i am a huge fan of the princess bride i remember reading the book for the first time in high school probably and Mm -hmm. being convinced that there really was like a original version by (laughs) s morgan stern like many others i know um and um and and yeah so this is i mean he you know he's in he's 87 and in poor health so it's about i guess it's it was his time but uh it is a very sad thing and then also stan lee died this week um so you know he was a marvel legend and has been experiencing a lot of illness over the past year and uh he was 95 and we uh we definitely mourn their passing yeah, for sure. I mean, I I'm I was also a huge Princess Bride fan and like one of the most exciting things that happened to me in my childhood was reading the book and then this was before uh I think in the anniversary edition which I I just got like last year maybe um there was Buttercup's baby that chapter attached oh, to the right. end. Yeah. And before I might this story might be old like I feel like one of those people who's like oh I'm telling the same story over again but <laughs> <laughs> but before when the the book was out I'm pretty sure I had like this beat up old used copy um that I bought at a used bookstore and it actually had a mailing address shows you how old it was it had a mailing address where you could mail quote unquote william goldman goldman and ask him for i think it was like more information on the next book no so i had that too in mind i think if i'm remembering right it was he said at the end like you can send i'll send you like the pages from buttercup and wesley's reunion or i'll send you extra stuff like there was definitely like a send mail to this address and i will send you something extra did you do it i did (laughs) did you get anything in the mail yes i did it was it was so exciting i was you know i still had i was full of wonder back then uh but i got something and it was it took a while like by the time i got it i had completely forgotten and back then of course i rarely ever received anything in the mail because who was Mm. sending me mail so when it came to me i was like who what is this this is a magical thing i'm getting mail and inside was a little booklet like a little you know just a white paper stapled together basically with this supplemental chapter and I wish I had kept it because oh, I can barely remember it. But it was so – it was one of the most wonderful moments in my life. And it just like – The Princess Bride was already special to me. Uh, but that kind of sealed the deal and made it like eternally 
stay in my heart. So I was really sad to hear about his passing. I was, of course, sad to hear about Stanley's passing as well. Uh, We've heard a lot from him in the news lately. Yeah. Uh, I I actually have a little similar story about Stan Lee, kind of. So there was, this was years ago, maybe like in the last five or six years when, maybe maybe it was right around when the new X-Men movies were coming out. I can't remember. But there was a Tumblr post going around that's like, you know, Xavier School for Gifted Children, you know, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Call this number to, you know talk to us at the school like or get your admissions packet i can't remember what it was but there was a phone number and i called it i was like oh i really goodness. want to know what's gonna happen when i call this number and you got this like voicemail recording that's like oh nobody can come to the phone right now but you know thanks for calling xavier school for gifted youngsters i wish i could remember <laughs> what it said but it was definitely stanley like it was definitely stanley had recorded this little easter egg for the fans and like he was a complicated person but Mm -hmm. you know he was always like stanley was sort of the king of the easter egg you know voice recording or cameo or whatever um yeah and so that like you know if nothing else i mean he's also the man who gave us black panther and the x-men who are always been my favorites and many other marvel characters so you know r.i.p yeah, for sure. It's weird. It is there are so many big names, you know, but I mean, these are the things that make me feel like time is passing by because there it feels like there've been so many people that were yeah. you know, big deals in my childhood and growing up that are just like kind of leaving us. Mm-hmm. It's very sad, but but there you go. Yeah. Um should we talk about the World Fantasy Award winners so we don't yes. forget about this important bit of news? Yes. So the 2018 World Fantasy Award winners were announced, and it's very exciting because the novel category, there was a tie. And I actually looked this up because I was like, ooh, is this a new thing? Has this ever happened before? It has happened before. But it's exciting because two wonderful excellent authors victor laval and fonda lee tied for best novel and of course uh victor laval was was in it for the changeling and fonda lee had jade city both of the books are on my shelves and are wonderful and i was super excited for both of those names to come up because i'm a big fan and then in long fiction uh long fiction by the way is ten thousand to forty thousand words in case you're wondering uh, the winner is Passing Strange by Ellen Cleggs. Short fiction is The Birding, a fairy tale by Natalia Theodoridou, which I haven't read. Um, but this, these sorts of lists always make me feel like I should go mm. out and, and read them immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sometimes these stories are available online anyway. So True. In anthology, uh, The New Voices of Fantasy, edited by Peter S. Beagle and Jacob Wiseman. Collection was The Emerald Circus by Jane Yolen. I know there are lots of uh, Book Riot fans of Jane Yolen. And there are other categories, artists, Gregory Manchez. And one of the exciting ones that I think everybody at Book Riot was thrilled about because in the special awards category for non-professional, the winner was Justina Ireland and Troy Wiggins for FIA, Magazine of Black Speculative Fiction. 
Both of them were rioters, which is super exciting. Disclaimer there, but I'm cheering them on anyway. Justina Ireland, of course, everybody knows. And Faya Magazine is incredible. They do amazing work. And I remember when they were just coming out with their magazine and when it was like, you know, a baby and they were trying to gather interest and steam for it. And now look at it. It's kind of amazing in a short amount of time they're already winning these great awards and mm-hmm. it's much deserved so congratulations to them and to all of the winners of the world fantasy awards yes a hearty hearty congratulations um let's talk about another good thing oh let's talk about Aaron morgenstern's new book coming oh out. my <laughs> i feel like if you have not heard already which you might have because this news broke uh on i think the eighth yeah. um the, but but just in case or we'll talk about it anyway um Aaron morgenstern is the author of the night circus which has a cult following at book riot among many other places um i remember when it first came out and all of my bookseller friends and I just like could not shut up. And also <laughs> it was one of the easiest books to hand sell that I've ever had the privilege to like sell to customers. People were just like, it was just like, you didn't even have to try. Um, <laughs> and her new book, I know fans have been eagerly awaiting um, her next book and it has been announced for November of 2019. So we have about a year to wait. It is called The Starless Sea and it features a graduate student named Zachary Ezra Rollins who discovers a strange book hidden in the library that has a lot of stories in it, including his own. And then he ends up at a masquerade party and then a library far below the Earth's surface. And if you've read The Night Circus, you can kind of see how this might go. Um, And that is a pretty exciting news. It's amazing. I knew once the news broke that everybody would be screaming about it because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're on you're on Get Booked as well. And I'm sure like you've got you've received so many people asking for like, you know, the Night Circus read alikes. Oh, my gosh. Just a million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was sort of hopeful that there would be a sequel, which there is not. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of I'm OK with that, actually. I'm Same. glad she's doing something new. And I thought it would be interesting for anybody out there who is participating in National Novel Writing Month this month. Erin Morgenstern is like one of those stories from National Novel Writing Month because I remember when I first started, when I tried it for the first time, like her name was everywhere as she had participated in it and she was working on the Night Circus at the time, which was kind of amazing. And I can't remember, I think she ended up like quitting but um, that was like very <laughs> – but she got it done. Is the Quit Nano and get a giant book deal. Like that's the lesson. <laughs> the moral of my story. <laughs> this is bad. This is why I'm not on any like Saturday morning special television. Wait. You're my favorite. Anyway, <laughs> it inspired me because I read The Night Circus around that time and I was just enthralled and I actually don't have my copy because I loaned it out so much and eventually lost it to somebody, uh, which is unfortunate. But I'm really excited about this book personally and I cannot wait for it to come out. I am (laughs) – 
I and many others are probably not going to be able to get our hands on a galley, but I, I'm going to You never to do... know, girl. You got connections now. That's true. That's true. Look at me. I'm popping my collar. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. Managing editor, what, what. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. That's super exciting. I'm mm-hmm. thrilled. Um, Let's see. We have time for another one, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, oh, this is so difficult. There are two stories I really want to talk about, but I think I'm going to go with mermaids. Because mermaids are a thing I think all of us are excited about. So this story is really interesting on multiple levels. So it... The mermaid thriller Rolling in the Deep is going to be brought to uh, film. It's going to be adapted, and they're thinking of making it into a whole franchise. So Rolling in the Deep is by Shannon McGuire, but I couldn't remember. I'm looking for her, the name. Mira Grant. Yes, Mira Grant. So she goes by that name, and I didn't realize that actually until I saw this. And also, I didn't realize how prolific Shannon McGuire is. She's written so much stuff. But so this book is, as it's described, a mermaid thriller. And it's led by complicated, super cool female characters. And uh, Mary Lambert, who is directing it, she's attached to Helm. The adaptation is the director of Pet Cemetery. So I feel like with a mermaid thriller, this is going to be really interesting if Mary Lambert has experience with, you know, directing some really dark gritty content like pet cemetery is one of those books that really terrified me and i love mermaids but i can absolutely see mermaids as these terrifying creatures i wouldn't want to mess with and the story sounds like one of those types of tales so it revolves around um, an idealistic young filmmaker who sets out for the mariana trench with a crew to film this faux documentary about mermaids and then the hoax it turns out seems to be a real thing because sailors start to disappear and the filmmaker realizes they're under siege by mermaids and there's a fight for survival. So it sounds really cool. And I actually, because I was reading this, um, I haven't read this book, by, but I immediately went to go and try to buy it. And I guess it must be out of print or something. I went to buy it on Amazon and the lowest price for it was $107 for the hardcover. Yes. Well, and, so yeah. I'm trying to think now. I've read the sequel um into the drowning deep which mm-hmm. is great by the way and totally does i did not realize i was actually reading it in the wrong order when i picked it up oh interesting um, but into the drowning deep is great um so the first one is like i think it was a short story like i think yeah it was a subterranean press short like novel novella um and Absolutely. subterranean press does these like one off really high end you know physical editions but you can also get you should also be able to get a digital version you can yeah a reasonable amount the physical ones though yeah subterranean press does these like really sort of fancy schmancy hardcovers so that's probably why you could not find one for a small amount of money that's so sad. <laughs> well, it's yeah, it's how they roll. I mean, I think it's, it makes a certain amount of sense to do a gift hardcover and then a you know cheap ebook. But yeah, if you prefer physical, you're kind of SOL in that regard. Um, but yeah, yeah, it it is a 
And then the second one was actually published not with Subterranean. Who published that one? It was picked up a couple of years later by Orbit. Yep, Orbit has the Oh, sequel. yeah. That, that. So, yeah, and that's how I read that one. Um, but I'm super jazzed about this. I think this is going to be great. Um, <laughs> the book, at least Into the Drowning Deep, which is, you know, follows Rolling in the Deep, is really action-packed, and there are amazing characters, and it's just, it is really bloody and kind of like I will never go near the Mariana Trench ever <laughs> ever um, but it's really enjoyable and I think you like horror so you'll especially like it uh, so yeah this 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 has a lot of potential yeah I was gonna ask you do you think it's going to be too scary for you to go to go and actually watch or? I think because I've already read it I should be okay like it's okay. already in my brain and I've processed it so I mean I will I'm a sucker for the jump scare and I'm sure they will kill me with those <laughs> for this but um i think because i already sort of know what happens i should theoretically be fine okay i'll have to hear if you survive it way yeah, yeah, when, when they it comes do it. out <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome mm-hmm. um oh let's see is it time for our second sponsor and then our books yeah i think so Okay, so our second sponsor is, speaking of sequels, is Dragon Shadow by L. Catherine White. And this is Pride and Prejudice with Dragons. Heartstone, the first book in this series, was a fantastical retelling of the Austin classic that BT dubs Amanda has recommended a billion times <laughs> on Get Booked um, because she loves it so much and it is on my to-read list. So Dragonstone, the sequel, is the perfect read for anybody that wondered what happened after the Pride and Prejudice wedding. Eliza, or Eliza, excuse me, is the wonderful protagonist. She is brave, charming, and witty, just like her Pride and Prejudice counterpart, Elizabeth Bennet. And Dragon Shadow has incredible world building. The story is filled with creatures we know and love, like dragons, and also some you might not know about as much, like Lamias and Valkyrie. Um, and so it is, it's a light historical fantasy, accessible and engaging, not just for fans of historical fiction or fantasy. Um, in the first book, Eliza and Alistair who are like the Elizabeth Darcy stand-ins, found their happy ending, but the story is far from over. Now the married couple finds themselves matching wits, charm, and swords as they're caught up in an epic battle. So, yes, if you are looking for a nice escape um, from from the world, from the news cycle, from whatever, and the idea of Pride and Prejudice with Dragons sounds good to you, then you will definitely want to pick this up. So, again, that is Dragon Shadow by L. Catherine White. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Mm, That sounds good. I can see why Amanda's Mm. recommending it. All right. Now let's get into this. (laughs) I can't wait to hear what you thought. What should I do? You want me to start with the fantasy? Maybe I'll save that for for last. Whatever you want to do. I'm going to start with science fiction. uh, And I chose Radio Silence by Alyssa Cole by recommendation. Um, so this is, I, I didn't realize, I think this is probably my first new adult read. I just saw it in that genre category. Oh, uh, I thought yeah. it was very interesting because they are, I guess they're, what are they? They're post-grads, the two mm-hmm. characters. So that's kind of cool. Uh, lots of firsts for me today. Um, <laughs> so this is a post-apocalyptic romance. Um, and Alyssa Cole's Radio Silence is the first book in the Off the Grid series. And when the book starts, the worst has already happened. So nobody has power. 
Everybody has theories about what happened that caused this outage, but nobody has real answers. And Arden and her roommate, John, are sort of journeying towards safety at John's parents' home in the wilds near the Canadian border. Because they were in Rochester, and at first it was like, hey, everybody's sharing, everybody's happy, but then, you know, as things do, the spirit of camaraderie and helping each other out was replaced by arson and panic. And so on the way to this cabin, they run into problems, uh, namely this ruthless group of strangers. So when Arden meets John's super attractive brother, Gabriel, it's definitely not on the best terms because there is some blame tossed around uh, for what happens in meeting these strangers. Um, And then what is better for kindling romance than being stuck in a cabin with no electricity and your boo-to-be? So there's definitely definitely some awkwardness, which makes the buildup, or made the buildup, at least for me, the buildup of the romance even more fun. Because first impressions in romancing, you know, they're often initially built on these foundations of mystique, but... In times of the apocalypse, there's really no prepping your best self. And also, it's four people living in really close quarters. The fourth being um, John and Gabriel's teenage sister, who's like this immediate Arden fan uh, for some reason. So another thing, Arden is black and as is Alyssa Cole. And I have to say, I appreciated that the hair situation was addressed (laughs) in this book. I noted that because that apocalypse situation was 100% real. It would absolutely be a trial. And also the song family is Korean, so you get a lot of diversity on the page, which I definitely appreciated. And you've got two things happening here. So you have the household dealing with some real problems. For instance, what's going to happen when the food and the hot water and sanity run out. And also you have these, you know, candlelit dinners and seductive wound tending. There's a really, a really <laughs> steamy scene with involving Tiger Bomb, which was also like, hey, I know that. That's awesome. And there's a, a pretty intimate setting, as you might imagine. But, you know, both Gabriel and Arden can be really hot-headed, so it doesn't come to, like, the romance doesn't necessarily come together right away, even though there's instant attraction um, on Arden's side. And they do enjoy a good bickering, which I actually found really fun. Like, I think I have discovered that I really like a sense of humor in these romances, and For a book about the end times in general, things felt really cozy and nice sometimes. And it wasn't just Arden and Gabriel. Maggie and John were also really great characters who lent a lot of sweetness and comic relief to the story. I love both of them. And I think it's pretty clear by now that this isn't like a racing for survival action sequence after action sequence story. And I saw some like, you know, some some comments and good reads that were like, oh, I thought this was going to be that. So I just wanted to make a point to say, you know, people aren't flying out of the way of explosions or anything in the story. Uh, this is the apocalypse, but it's kind of like, you know, locked room romance, if that's even a thing. I doubt it is, but I'm calling it a thing. It's called forced proximity, and you are not Ooh. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning things today. Yep. Thank you. I put that in my brain. 
So yeah, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really great for this season, even though it's like the apocalypse. This is like the best apocalyptic book for coming up on the holiday season when it's really cold and snowy in a lot of places, thankfully not here yet. Um, But I thought this would be a really great read if you're looking for something around the holidays and maybe you're in a cabin and hopefully you don't get paranoid about it because you never know. But again, that was Radio Silence by Alyssa Cole. Yay! Yay! I'm so glad you liked it. Yay! Yeah, I that whole series is great because um, you get, you know, there's three books in the series and you, of course, jump around to different heroes and heroines for mm-hmm. each book. Um, and you start to find out more about, like, what has happened in the world to, like, make things this way and the further books. Um, and there are some, like, action-y bits, but it is just really all about these people, like, okay, so there's no power and there's no Twitter and there's no computers and there's no technology and like how are we gonna yeah how do I do my hair (laughs) like how do we treat wounds like how are we gonna eat like also how are we gonna fall in love it's really fun I love it it's like every millennial's nightmare but also really fun but a romance exactly (laughs) (laughs) so good Yay. Um, well, good. I'm so glad you liked it. Um, Alyssa Cole is great. This is her only genre series. Well, this is, she's oh, got wow. like a short story that's more fantasy, but she primarily writes, um, well, she writes a historical romance series and she writes a contemporary romance series that, and they're great. Um, but this is sort of the only sci-fi thing she's done, which I find astonishing. Yeah. I'm a new fan. Yeah. Um, So I picked for my sci-fi romance, Silver Silence by Nalini Singh. I believe I have talked about the Psy Changeling books here before, but the hard part about recommending the Psy Changeling series is that it has been going on for so long. There are so many books. It feels very hard to like pick up on at this point there's like i don't know i want to say like 16 or 17 books in the whole series which is ridiculous but she has heard our pleas and thought about it and this new trilogy the Psy changeling trinity um sort of is a really good jumping on point if you have not read the series but want to get into it And what I love so much about this series is the world building. This takes place in a sort of, excuse me, alternate earth where there are three sort of species of humanity. There are the Psy who have telekinetic slash other mental powers. Um, They can do things like predict the future, read minds, or all of these psychic powers. Um, And then there are the changelings who, as you might expect, can shift into animals of various kinds. There are, you know, werewolves and werejacks jaguars and where dolphins and whatever um everything is aware and then there are like vanilla humans who are just trying to like get along in this situation where there are superpowered beings and historically the psi the psychic uh race and the changelings have been at war because they're very different and the psi also have sort of been programming themselves to feel no emotions for a very long time because they felt like that was how they were going to maximize their power and control 
And so, but this has like become an issue and they, the silence is what they call that suppression of emotions is starting to break down. There are like serial killers coming out of the psi population. Everything is falling apart. So now this world is sort of in flux and people, there's a lot of warring factions trying to take control of what's going to happen next. Um, and so this uh, new series, you meet Silver Mercant, who is a psi woman who is like very powerful and in charge of a lot of things and she is part of an accord treaty between the human the regular humans the changelings and the psi um and the hero valentin is a like werebear a russian werebear (laughs) amazing and he has been like flirting with her a little bit like but he's he's making no progress and then somebody tries to poison her and he is the one who ends up realizing what's happened and saving her and she they don't know she lives in like a very highly secure like apartment and she has really good security so there's so it's like it must be somebody on the inside so she ends up getting sent another force proximity to the bear (laughs) clan to sort of be hidden away while they try to track down the assassins who poisoned her. Um, and so you can imagine what happens next. But I read <laughs> the first two books in this new little shoot-off series, and I love them so much. I think they do a pretty solid job of introducing you to the world and giving you some of the major players from the previous books, but, like, giving you an entry point. Um, and then, if you like it, you can always go back and read the other 15. They're there for you when you're ready. Um, I actually think I like Ocean Light, which is the second book in this series, even better than Silver Silence, but that's just because it has a lot of water creatures in it and I am a sucker. Yes. Like, werebears are great and all, but like, give me like an underwater deep sea station where there are all kinds of like sea changelings and I am sold. Like, I'm there for it. Um... And Nalini Singh is so good at building these complex characters. She is she writes very internationally. Her heroes and heroines come from all different sorts of religions and ethnicities and backgrounds. And um and they they have such great yeah banter or tension. Some of them are like more warm and fuzzy. Some of them are more like hot headed. It just varies from book to book. And I always end up falling in love with the characters and like wanting being so excited to see them come together and like how is it going to work out which is what romance is all about right it's like oh how are these two Mm going to make it work is sort of the central question of romance and because it's a romance you know they're gonna but you don't always know how and then these books bring in this political suspense and you know there's assassinations and action sequences and all kinds of stuff that's you know sort of in the background of the world that motivates them so I just love them I think they're so much fun Nalini Singh is great and she like turns out books at a prodigious rate so it's really satisfying to be a fan of hers because there's always at least once a year a new one from her uh so again that is silver silence which is the first in the side changeling trinity series by nalini singh i always feel like i've read books by her but it's just that i see her name listed yes. so much in like recommendations that mm. i'm like oh yeah i totally read her and no it's just i've seen her name a gajillion you've times. just heard me talk about her 16 million times you might as well have read you're her. not alone you're not alone <laughs> true uh i have to read something i have to read that just because of the werebear part like i'm never mm-hmm. gonna get that out of my head it's so awesome um, okay, and speaking of shape-shifting, I, my fantasy pick 
is another recommendation, <laughs> and I was super excited about this. It's Tiger Eye by Marjorie M. Liu. And at, when you first recommended it to me, I was like, Marjorie Liu, yes, I love her. And I was like, wait a second, am I talking about the right one? But yeah, it is Marjorie Liu who created uh, the comic Monstrous. So, of course, I had to pick it up and read it. And it was so good. I really enjoyed it. I'm almost done with it. Um, I got Michelle Obama's book, so I had to put it down for a moment <laughs> so that I could finish that. Um, but, yeah, it was so good. And it's the first book. This is another series, of course. The first book in Liu's uh, Dirk and Steel series. And it follows Della Reese, a woman who mostly keeps to herself. Uh, she's my kind of person. She keeps to herself. She's doing her own thing. She's on a stay in Beijing. And then she's taken completely off guard by what happens to her and her life after she buys this mysterious puzzle box at an outdoor market for practically no money. And that's the first, like, moment of suspicion for her where she's like, why are you trying to foist this thing on me? Uh, but she takes it anyway. And then right from the start, the box seems to attract trouble. And she's accosted by this strange man outside the market. So this is kind of the best introduction to Della. And I knew I was like, I was all there for her when this scene happened because of how she reacts to the stranger. She reminded me kind of of some of my favorite women from Indiana Jones, but if they were given their own movie and kind of shoved Indy out of the picture. Yes. Like, <laughs> she doesn't take anybody's nonsense and she isn't afraid to speak up for herself. So Della has this uh, puzzle box and she also has these abilities. She has this certain talent with metal, specifically controlling it. And then wonder of wonders, she gets this box open and out pops like hot lion from the Thundercats, basically. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you're right. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. I was like, what does this remind me of? <laughs> I kid, but not 100%. Um, so this super buff, super tall feline man appears in her hotel at this unfortunately inopportune time. She was not expecting guests. And then after Della and Hari is his name, they share some heated words. They get to know one another. And it turns out Hari's lived this awful few centuries. And maybe he has reasons to be distrustful of Della right off the bat. So there's a lot of conflict between them to start, uh, but Della sort of quickly learns that when she's – because she's opened this box, she has – there are some consequences to her opening the box and some consequences for Hari as well that makes them rely on each other. I'm trying not to give too much away because it's kind of fun. Um, so that's where their troubles really begin when Della opens this box and because that stranger who accosted her at the market is more than just this rude, gross man, there's this bad magic that's afoot and then there's somebody out there who will stop at nothing to claim this puzzle box and also further complicating matters, uh, Della and Hari have this instant connection and they can barely control themselves around each other. So while there is this in initial resistance between the two of them, it, this isn't like fully an, an enemies to lovers sort of romance, romance because Hari becomes really protective of Della and not just because 
there's uh, an element to the story where his quality of life is affected by her opening the puzzle box. Um, but also, and importantly, Della is really protective of Hari as well and sticks up for him in some dangerous situations. Like, this is a woman who can make things with her mind. So she's a really strong, amazing, cool character with some skills. And in the story, you get shape-shifting, you get you know, mental manipulation and these fringe operations that are happening in the background. And you also get some laughs. So this is another uh, romance that has a sense of humor. And some of the scenes literally made me snort out loud. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like loving it. Like the relationship between uh, Della and Hari was really sweet. It really tugged at my heartstrings, but it was also really funny because, you know, Hari's this big guy, but there's a lot of vulnerability in him uh, because he was hurt so much and he doesn't know who to trust. And then Della comes around. And so I felt for him, not just because I like cats a lot, but Della has this soft spot for people who are kind of rough around the edges as well. And she's, you know, as sensitive as she is strong. So I just love the characters so much. I thought it was so fun and funny and also really sweet. So if all of that sounds like something you need more of in your life, and this one is more action-packed as well, uh, you should definitely check out Tiger Eye by Marjorie M. Liu. Hooray, I'm so glad you liked it. I'm so glad you recommended it. (laughs) Do you feel like, before I talk about my fantasy pick, I'm Uh just curious, do you feel like you'll like, will you try to make room for more? Because we both have overflowing TBRs and it's really hard to find time for things that aren't just sort of directly related to what we need to read for work. But do you think you'll try to like read more or how do you feel about it? I do. I do feel like it. Now that I feel like I've sort of found the things, the elements that really work for me, like the humor. And Mm -hmm. I think like the, I really like the shape-shifting stuff. Like I think that's cool because it gives me sort of the fantasy that I go for anyway. Mm -hmm. And I will definitely be reading more of this series because I want to follow the characters and the stories. Yes. Oh, good. (laughs) Um, Well, I think you will like also my fantasy pick a lot because it is so funny like laugh out loud funny it's The Unleashing by Shelley Lorenston which is the first in the Call of Crows series and this series is like a battle cry y'all like if you need (laughs) to feel like you are seeing female characters be super empowered and just like tear things up this is the series for you. It is about a group of women who have been given a second chance at life. They've all died in sort of violent circumstances and be given a second chance at life by um, a Norse goddess who recruits them to be her sort of acting at like you know, substitutes in the mortal realm, except they're not mortal anymore. When she brings them back, they now, they get like claws and wings and like are just all sorts of badass. Um, And Kira, who's the main character of this first one, is a veteran. Um, She was a Marine and now she's like working at a coffee shop and she she does get like violently attacked and is about to die. And this goddess appears to her and is like, I can give you another shot at life 
if you will be one of my crows. And she's like, yeah, okay, but not without my dog. She's this <laughs> rescued pit bull named Brody. So she gets to bring back her dog with her. Her dog also gets wings for the record. And she gets introduced into this world. And Kira is black. Yes. Kira or Phil- mixed race. She's, I want to say she's like black and Filipina. Um, and she is introduced to this world of Norse mythology where there are also like Odin has his own sort of guys who do a thing and Thor has guys and, you know, other goddesses have people. And, but, uh, and so she's inducted into this, you know, battalion of women, um, who are called the crows and whose superpower is rage. Like their superpower is rage and like battle craziness. And so they're sort of known amongst the Norse, you know, gods and their cohorts as like the crazy ones. <laughs> and Kira's all up in there with like her clipboard and her like marine training, like trying to bring some order to this. It's incredible. Um, and there is, of course, a big epic supernatural battle that Kira gets sucked into. Um, and then there's the hero whose name is Ludwig uh, Rundstrom. He and she, when she first meets him, she thinks that he's like this like homeless guy because he's like unkempt and sort of out of it. And she's like, what is this guy's deal? Um, and you start to find out what his deal is over the course of the book. And it is so much fun. The characters in this book are so great. And while, like all romances, you know, it focuses on this romantic relationship as the heart of the story, this book leans so hard into female friendships because Kira is now part of the Crows and she has to learn how to, like, get along with her fellow sisters who she didn't, you know, didn't know in real life, didn't ask for, now has to live in a house with them and try to figure out, like, how to deal with her superpowers. Um, and it's so good. They're so there for each other, even when they're like bickering and like mad about her clipboard and playing pranks on her and like stealing the dog to put like a rhinestone collar on it. Like it's like they're just they're there for each other when it counts. And seeing them build those relationships the rest of the time is so satisfying. Um, I've read all three books in this series. I love them all. You cannot make me pick my favorite. They all have <laughs> something beautiful about them. But it's really cool to see somebody read imagine Norse mythology with women of color and and like women who have been abused by the system and the world at the forefront of it. It's just like such a nice flip of, you know, the kind of standard like blonde, you know, hulking white dude Norse story. So I love this series for so many reasons. Um, I just, and also it is, she's so funny and she writes really, What's the word I want? Like she, she writes like people talk. So it's not like, it, it's not sort of that polished conversational style that you see sometimes in books where like everybody's more articulate than they are in real life. Yeah. Like, no, these characters talk just like they would in real life. And it's kind of amazing. It's a very particular style and I really love it. So again, that is The Unleashing uh, by Shelley Laurenston. I love the sound of that. You're right. I think I am going to enjoy that one. (laughs) I think you would dig it. Uh, So that wraps up our sci-fi fantasy romance episode. Hooray. Thank you all for listening. Please do email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. We love the feedback that we've been getting. It's so nice to see your suggestions and your thoughts. And we've got several themed shows planned based on ideas that people send us. So thank you for that. You can also review us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating. It helps other sci-fi fantasy nerds to find the show. So we'd super appreciate it. And you can find 
find us on social media. I am on Tumblr and Twitter as Jen IRL. That's Jen with two N's, IRL. And you can find me on Instagram at Williams. That's S-C-A-I-N-A-B Williams. And we'll talk to you next time. Happy reading. <laughs>